Stand by for action. Anything can happen in the next hour. You're listening to Armitage on the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show, where over the course of the next hour, you'll hear music that you should hear on the radio, but don't. afternoon myself mrs a and one of my daughter's godfathers wine flowing nibbles being nibbled with plenty of glad tidings when all of a sudden like that scene out of deep impact all our mobile phones suddenly received a myriad of news alerts lighting up like the christmas tree that was stuck in the corner of our front room of course all of us jumped to the conclusion that Carrie Fisher had succumbed to her suspected heart attack. It wasn't that sad news would be foisted on us the day after Boxing Day. It was, in fact, telling us that Rick Parfit, guitarist from the status quo, had passed away due to a serious infection caused by a shoulder injury. Oh yeah, suddenly got sucked out of the room. What can you say? Uh, only a week before, on episode 531... I had told of Lancaster, Parfit and Coughlin regrouping as uh, the Frantic Three with plans to record a Back to Basics Quo Boogie album. Over the following days, it came to light that Rick had already co-written four songs with Alan with plans to write his autobiography in the new year. When I was banding, uh, my guitar of choice, which I still have over 30 years later, uh, was a white, or white cream, Telecaster, uh, because that's what Rick used. The album one was actually a Tokai, as it was a few hundred quids cheaper than a Fender, uh, which over the years I've pimped a buggery with um, DiMaggio pickups and a Kayla locking system emblazoned with the Sex Pistols logo, just to show I was still a punk at heart. Nothing to do with Dave Mustaine having a similar on his PC Rich. Uh, but it was always referred to as the Quo guitar, uh, as opposed to my Les Paul knockoff. One of the first bands I was in at college, uh, that would be Ether, uh, was a constant quo boogie outfit, although I could never get my little finger to stretch over enough frets. I think we jammed Caroline for literally hours, coming up with a song called Popeye, uh, because the rhythm had been going on for so long, I was worried my forearms would end up looking like the spinach-eating sailors. Friday nights in the early 80s was... Uh, I was always could be found at the Saxon Tavern in Catford for an evening of headbanging courtesy of Del Stevens Starship, where we'd all line up when Status Quo came on and do their signature guitar moves, with the older bikers hooking their thumbs in their belt loops. Everybody knows 
that the band changed after Alan Lancaster refused to carry on, even the band themselves. That's why the Frantic Four reunion of a few years ago was a success for older fans who distanced themselves from the cabaret version. Rick did it all. The drink, the drugs, the fast cars, the women, the overdoses, heart attacks, and he almost lived to tell the tale.
With the news of Rick's death still processing and realising that there wouldn't be an accurate classic rock obituary from Dave Ling, Christmas Day brought the news that members of the world-famous Alexandrov Ensemble, formerly the Red Army Choir, who had played with the Leningrad Cowboys, had been killed in an air crash over the Black Sea with loss of all 92 on board. Then at the end of the day, after watching some live Iron Maiden on the Idiot Box, Sky News reported breaking news that George Michael had died. Now, I was never a fan of George or Wham. The only CD that I have of any connection is Andrew Ridgely's Son of Albert as former Eddie and the Hot Rods damned and UFO bassist Paul Gray plays on it. And at the time, I was mightily pissed off that a pop band should use my marquee, yeah, my marquee, in Wardour Street as the venue for the Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go video. To some... George's death was as tragic and as heartbreaking as Lemmy's was to me, so I can empathise. The closest I ever got to accepting him in a musical context was when, in 1984, he drafted in Andy Scott from The Sweep, Bruce Foxon from The Jam, and Graham Broad, who would later go on to play drums with Roger Waters. Unfortunately, nothing became of these sessions, which on paper sound great. Much respect was also levelled at George from the rock community when he took part in the Freddie Mercury tribute at Wembley in 1992. The Grim Reaper of 2016 seems to have swapped his scythe for a celebrity combine harvester. Of course, Wednesday marked the first anniversary of Lemmy's death as a tribute to the watered one, the bitch queens, the hit priest King Mastino and the Chuck Norris experiment all released a split 7-inch on what would have been Lemmy's 71st birthday thanks to Ghost Highway Records. Unfortunately, the hard copy version sold out in all colours within hours but digitally, it's still readily downloadable. Up first, it's the bitch queens with no class.
after the Bitch Queens, the Hit Priests finally let us hear a studio version of The Hammer, the live version of which can be heard on the landing of fighter plane in an E1 basement or seen on the Decade of Disdain DVD. <laughs> onto side two on an iron horse are King Mastino.
finally, it's the Chuck Norris experiment that finished things off with Rock Out, the original version, which can be found on the Motorizer album. Zen Motel released a charity single called L-E-M-M-Y. It's very much in the vein of Motorhead's R-A-M-N-O-E-S and sounds superb with the verses, lines from Motorhead songs. It's great stuff with all money from the download going to the Shelter Charity. Everything wrong with them, everything else Still here, and why? 
we've heard bands playing tribute to Motorhead, here's Motorhead playing tribute to the Rolling Stones and Sympathy for the Devil from the as good as any classic head album, Bad Magic.
sadly, the only track from Bad Magic that was played live was When the Sky Comes Looking For You, which of course I never got to see and uh, isn't included on the band's last live album, Clean Your Clock. On a happier note, Tom from the Phobics did indeed pop along to the Meantime Brewery on the 22nd, armed, no pun intended, with the Stalkers album, Yesterday Is No Tomorrow, and the Hell-trained self-titled vinyl album from 1991 that he appears on. Unfortunately, I haven't converted it to ones and zeros yet, but rest assured, I will. On my way home from the brewery, whilst on the train from Lewisham to Eden Park, I studied the LP sleep, as one does of a certain age, only from the guy across the carriage to engage me on the subject of hell, sadly not on the mode of transport which I would have been much more at home with, and how the Aztecs would pour molten gold down the throat of those they were going to execute. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at things, uh, he got off only a couple of stations into my journey, with the three late teenage girls who were also sitting nearby going, it was him, wasn't it? And, well, it looked like his Twitter picture. I resisted the temptation to ask, who they thought it was as two eccentrics on one train journey would probably have been a bit too much for them in a fantastic piece of linkage the following day i got sent the machine cd by dallas bass band aztec death with a name like that the full title of the musical instrument the same name is aztec death whistle which sounds like someone being tortured screaming in pain it's on youtube i thought the music would follow suit. Some horrible shouting vocalist that you can't understand the lyrics to played over several vacuum cleaners all going at the same time. Aztec Death are not like that in the slightest. Think early Joy Division or Warsaw. They definitely take me back to my early 80s days at art college. This is Death Painted Eyes. Many and varied have been the arguments by which the state and its intellectuals have induced their subjects to support their rule. Basically, the strands of argument may be summed up as follows. A. The state rulers are great and wise men. They rule by divine right. They are in the aristocracy of men. They are the scientific experts. Much greater and wiser than the good, but rather simple subjects. And B. Rule by the extent government is inevitable, absolutely necessary, and far better than the indescribable evils that would ensue on its downfall.
this is your captain speaking. You're listening to Armitage on the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show, whatever that is. But you'd be nuts to listen to anything else, I tell you. Know what I mean? just heard Stiletto Farm and Chasing a Ghost, which is free to download from their Bandcamp site. Before that, it was Aztec Death and Death Painted Eyes. To my shame, 
I thought that Chasing Ghosts was Stiletto Farm's debut single. It isn't, with the January sales album coming out in the latter part of 2014. The band claim to take the best of the past has to offer in the form of Motorhead, The Damned, Elvis, Aerosmith, Twisted Sister, Manic Street Preachers, Stray Cats and everything in between. They're pretty much covering their net wide. Sometimes though, by trying to please everyone, you end up pleasing no one, not even yourself. In this instance, I think you'll agree, they're very enjoyable. But I'd also add from the track you just heard, I would say that guitarist Slash plays a part as well. Quick trip over to their Facebook page tells me the band are supporting Azamovul at the Dolls House Aberility in Wales. I know I pronounced everything wrong. It's like I'm ending the year as I started it and I'm going to probably carry on into uh, 2017. Anyway, they're playing on the 14th of January. It's a shame they're not joining them at the Dev on the 28th, but Flash House are a worthy substitute. Up next, it's the Alley Cat LV. The LV stands for Las Vegas. As I'm sure you probably guessed, that it isn't the most original or bad names. There's even one based up the road from me in Hither Green. Anyway, Alley Cat, two words, LV, feature former Faster Pussycat Brent Mustak and Kashi Ohashi X Cats in Boots, see above, uh, along with Zach Throne on bass and vocals with Stephen Mills on the drums. The band are about to embark on a tour of Japan with a six-track EP original songs in the can. One of the tracks is called Smoking Johnny Thunders. And instead of aping the heartbreaking dull, the band opts for something that doesn't sound thunderish at all. Yeah. 
Ginger Wildheart may have a huge work ethic as the gas project is a testament to. However, Peter Black from the Hard Ons has gone one better, well, 365 better, as he recorded a song a day for the whole of 2016, even if the month of December has more than songs and dates. I know what you're thinking. How come you're only telling us this now? Well, the easy answer is I only found out on Thursday, thanks to Damo from the very excellent Muscle Car and equally as excellent Long Gone Loser fanzine and podcast, who proclaimed on the aforementioned Long Gone Loser Facebook page that Peter had achieved his goal. Of course, I haven't even scratched the surface of what he has uh, recorded, but uh, I will, and scratch it very hard. Very hard. The songs aren't rough and ready throwaway demos. From what I've managed to cram in over the last 48 hours, they all seem bodified studio affairs, with a whole range of different people coming and going. If you pop over to peterblacksolo.com, you'll be able to read all the track notes and purchase all the songs at a very reasonable non-wallet breaking price. The track I've selected to play for you is Isle 2 at Woolies from this month's collection of songs.
music time and the vibrators past present and into the future pre-order ends at the end of january it's too late if you want your name in the liner notes but it not if you want the actual physical if not downloadable copy a track that is going to appear on said album is loose change that sounds remarkably like this
done a split segment segmentation earlier in the show however i'm going to do another one as sartor and the nomads have got it together again on ghost highway records for four tracks two from each obviously the nomads get things going with two live tracks that were recorded at the el sol madrid on the 20th of november 2014 both tracks are absent from the demolition live album which was recorded on the same day the tracks in question are wasn't born to work and this one Better off dead.
Style Tour are in the studio for their offering, covering the flaming groovies You Tore Me Down and their own competition, Rub It In. <laughs> is limited to only 500 copies 300 on black 100 on yellow and 100 on green which unfortunately uh, the green one is sold out on pre-sale Sartor Basis Kent will be over here on Friday for the boys only UK date of 2017 at the 100 Club it's a bit worrying when only six days into the year you find out this is the only chance you get to see them all year no doubt mainland Europe will be seeing more of them well, that's your lot for this week, and indeed this year, unless you're listening on the White Line Fever podcast, Rugby League's rockinest radio station. Until next year, take it easy. <laughs>